Hello. Um, might have forgotten what my voice sounds like. I've been out of action for the past month for various reasons. Wow, that was the most unenthusiastic way I've ever opened a podcast. Jesus. Okay. Alfie, hello. I don't think that is the most unenthusiastic that's the usual. I don't think that's the most unenthusiastic way you've opened the podcast, to be honest. I've definitely heard a few hello before, but it's, it's up there. Um, I'm aching. I think I'm going to be the one who's not enthusiastic today. Um, I, yeah, I, we'll get into it in a second, but I'm just hanging for dear life at the minute. I, just I mean, let's just ball. dive straight into it, Alfie. Five by 3K. That's why you're hanging, and it was an impressive session. Oh, well, since since you brought it up, it's not like I've shed on Strava already, you know, because I... Do you know when you know? Do you know when you, you've done a session? You know, you know, you're like, yeah, that, that was that was pretty decent. Let's let's stick that on the Strava. Uh, let's stick that on the Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it all started. I'll, I'll start from the start because um, this is a podcast. I feel like words are good to say. Um, yeah. We went down to the track first of all, like we've been doing for the last nine months. Obviously, social distancing. Obviously, doing everything we need to. All that jazz. Sure. Long story short, long story, <laughs> what is happening? Long story short, we got kicked off the track after a bit of a, an, a, a bit of a um, unwelcomed and unsolicited idiot who was being completely unreasonable. Fair enough if they want us to get off the track, um, but he didn't have to be a complete and utter idiot about it. And I'm using nice words there. Obviously, the words I'm actually thinking in my head are completely different. And the way he went about it was completely wrong. Like, yeah, we, we completely so understood if he wanted off the track. Yeah. Um, I think he was low-key, like some sort of higher being coming to save you from doing 5 by 3 k on a track. Well, no, this is, the, this is where it gets more interesting. So one of the bends was icy. So I wasn't uh, going to do that session anymore. I was going to wow. do a different session. So I was sort of happy because I was like, great. 300s that's literally the only session we could have done because a bend was icy it's gonna be easy mm. nice then that guy comes along it makes me hate him even more other than the fact mm. he was horrible to everyone in fact i i got i got um i had to do that session um so i had to jog down to a road loop which isn't flat despite what my strava says i don't know why it says that every time i do a session there it says zero elevation it's really not zero elevation like how can you do 11 miles and do zero elevation um, it doesn't really make sense even around the track you don't do zero elevation so that really doesn't mm. make sense um I, i'm waffling on about it because I'm, I'm proud uh 850 854 857 859 and 848 and they're a bit all over the place but it was literally just like every single rep i was like right will i be able to do another one i probably should slow down a bit because i've never i've never run at that pace before so i was like right uh Let's slow down. And obviously, instead of increasing effort, I wanted to maintain effort. And as it went on, it got a bit harder. And I wasn't like like gunning it, but like I, I was too scared to actually try and maintain pace. Um, because every single rep, I was like, right, I'm not gonna be able to do another one. And then it came to like three and three and four, and I was like, this isn't actually that bad. And then I I, I tried finishing. Basically, I'm useless at pushing myself when I'm in pain, like useless at it. Um, so I tried finishing a bit harder uh, with a. 848 but yeah it, it was all right it was decent um i've got blisters though which i'm not happy about my next percents felt like they were falling apart um i've done a lot of mileage in them to be fair so 
yeah how, how's how's your training been today have you have you ran I know you've been uh, I weather. ran once this morning and in 30 minutes easy um I'm doing 30 minutes tonight another fun fact um I've been out with the virus for like the past four or five days I'm still kind of getting over it wasn't covid so I'm having to ease back in and wear a heart rate monitor for everything to make sure things aren't like super erratic or whatever the first one back yesterday did like four miles at like 625s the heart rate was like 135 so completely back to normal all that sort of stuff um i was doing good sessions last week did like seven miles at 502 um with luke and matt and then we did a really big grass session when i knew i was starting to get the effects of um this virus we went to the track to do 20 by 400 off 30 seconds and we were going to do them in around 65s. Yep. I did six in 65s and I, and I was like, <gasps> I was like hands on knees. I was dying. I thought I was having a heart attack thinking, am I this out of shape? Like, am I, am I really this like hammered and then i got home and i was like bed bound i pretty much couldn't leave for like four days but i then got a covid test and it was fine i, I you know i got through the, the thing or whatever so i'll be i'm back to a normal week this week thank god um and hopefully i can be getting some sessions done like you're doing at the moment but i mean props to alfie on the five by three k that's a that's a tough tough session mentally that is like what one thing that's hard okay it's hard to run five three k's at that pace secondly it's very hard to run five three k's at that pace by yourself thirdly running that far by yourself that hard mentally is incredibly draining so i think like people sometimes look at a session like that and go like whoa that's so quick you're like yeah and do you know how hard that probably was mentally to like go rep after rep after rep doing that? That's that was tough. the biggest thing. That that was the biggest thing. I think it was on the third or f- no, on the fourth one, I set off in like the first like 600. I was like, I don't want to push myself anymore. I just want to jog. Like that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to run hard. I, don't, I just want to jog. And it's so hard yeah. to like just keep the effort. And it's, it's a weird feeling because like, why does it happen? Because like at the end of the day, you're just running. You've been running for what, 15 I've been running for like 14, 13 years, 13 years. I should by now know how to run by myself, but I just didn't mm. want to put that effort in. Obviously I kept doing yeah. it, but you, I kept on having to concentrate and like make sure I was doing it. Yeah. Um, and that's the best thing, like, because the tough thing is I went through a phase, I'm not in it anymore, obviously, where I would get to that point where like it would hurt and then I would hurt for a little bit. And then like, I just kind of, I mean, I was anemic. So that's probably why my body was telling me to like stop even more so. But if you can go through that like barrier by yourself, you can hurt more in a race. Yeah. And also in, in regards to you being anemic as well, when I had a few things wrong with my blood, as soon as I was in pain, it felt like your body was going to shut down. So it's yeah. a bit different and it's, it's a bit, you, you, I, I'll defend you there because literally it, as soon as you start working too hard or like near like hard and effort, your yeah. body literally feels like you're going to fall asleep and it's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that was the thing. Like at Armagh, I was still recovering. I've had like eight weeks of like quality training coming back. I got to Armagh and I was like, you know what? I have no idea what to expect from this. And Tony was like, well, you're not, 
like realistically you probably shouldn't do anything special we yeah. we weren't looking for what was coming but he was like put your life on the line for the first 3k and for the entirety of that first 3k just believe you can run like 13 59 like go out with the leaders and then the mentality of that is like so then you've got 2k left right before you even remember like you've gone through 3k before you even remember you've got 2k left you've run an extra 400 meters and it's a mile left exactly and by that point you compartmentalize like right i've got four 400s to go that's two 800s hang on for another 800 and then it's literally half a mile to go and i think that's one way to look into race if you're going into a race and you're not 100% sure whether you're like feeling great or not it's like well put your body on the line for a bit and then just try and imagine that the latter part actually isn't going to be that bad yeah and that's that's a big thing Armar especially like me and you were both the same i think i just i think we just both went into it just like let's just just running hard and see what happens cuz yeah. obviously i i, well, I you only were in a really bad way well, I only went because I I paid for it. Like I paid for flights, and I was like, right, I'm going. Yeah. And I, I was like, I'll still run a PB because at the time it was fourteen fifty. So I was like, I'll take fourteen forty five. I still couldn't breathe properly. Luckily, yeah. I, I think I I'm a bit heavy for what I should be in certain areas. So I think the illness I had made me. This is not endorsing losing weight, by the way. This is just what happened. Um, yeah. The illness I had made me lose a bit of weight, and I probably didn't lose that much fitness. I might have just just recovered at the perfect time, the date like the day before, to then have still have fitness, and I think that's the, the one way I managed to run, what like a thirty four second PB. Um, but if you look yeah. on the photos, I just look unwell, <laughs> like oh it looks God, yeah. horrendous. Yeah, um, just just pale. You're probably I, the fastest person to run a five k, feeling like they were actually on death's door. Maybe. Maybe, but I feel like Armar, when you finish, there is no worse feeling of like the next 20 seconds of you crossing that line. It, yeah. But obviously you realise the time because it's always going to be fast, but like the next minute or so, bear in mind this year it was what, like zero degrees, one degree Celsius. Yeah. And like we were all around that statue and just walking back from the finish line, it was about 100 metres, dark. I just wanted a pizza in my bed and I was just, oh, but I, I was sort of on a high because you ran a fast time. I was actually going to yeah. back, back up your point here. Sorry, uh, I forgot to say, like, the the thing where you run, like, 3K and then you're like, all right, 2K left. That's literally, it helps so much, especially on road. Yeah. On track, it's a bit different. So on I was, track, I was, it's so different. On track, it's so different. I was I was thinking today, like, every every 800 metres I've, like, left, I, I turned this corner on my, rep to the, on my reps today, and I was like, if this was on a track... I would hate it. Yeah. Like 800 metres is a long way on a track, but on road, it's yeah. literally nothing. Well, on, on track, I, I actually think it's the other way around. So, like, for the first 3K, be invisible. Mm. Like, be, don't, don't, make, don't take any work. Don't think about what you're doing. Just sit. As long as there's nothing, like, no crazy, like, moves getting thrown, you don't have to do anything. Like, at Euro Trials in Loughborough, I... I went straight to the front when the gun went just to have a clear start. And then I moved out into like lane three, let everyone come through and then just like tucked in at the back. Yeah. That's what you got to do. And then, yeah. And then didn't make a move until like got to 2k to go and then just started slowly picking through. And then, you know, 600 to go. I found myself in like 
third out of the, the whole race. Obviously, it wasn't like it was part trial, part of the race, and then just kind of kept kept working through, and it was it was all good. Um, but that's that's us. Let's talk about the the mad things. Well, the same mad, just the things that have been going on at the moment. But it's kind of been for the athletics world. It's been relatively turbulent, given there's not even that many races going on. That's nah, been mental. People are getting the contracts chopped. People are running ridiculously fast. People are getting banned. People are running rubbish. It's, it's everything. Weird, yeah. weird week, actually. Have you seen the results of the... Um, you can listen to this on Tracks and News as well. Um, but have you seen the results on the... Oh, um, the Naples half marathon in, in... I'm not sure which state it's in. Florida? Is, it, is Naples in Florida? Oh, yeah. Um, Parker Stinson Wait, won. Pa- yeah. In 63 something so i'm like i'm like okay park since very good runner but like 63 yeah i mean yeah. it's it's not you know we got elevation profiles i think it was Rather. completely i think it was pancake flat um how much did he win by i i couldn't see anyone behind him so i guess probably i guess time trial yeah he probably he probably just ran in the pack for maybe what like i haven't seen the race hopefully it's somewhere yeah. but um but Seth James Deamore raced that race as well. So I'm not mm. sure how he's done yet. And I know a lot of people probably know who he is. Um, other than that, really, there's a few been a few races like Westfly Boys ran 148 in an 800. Decent yeah. race. Um, this is what shocks me the most. Borrega ran 27.40 and won the Ethiopian Olympic 10K trials at mm. 7,500 feet. It's 27. Oh, Oh my god! Oh, you know what? Yeah, you hear that and you think, "How am I ever going to do anything significant?" Like, what? <laughs> and did you Ridiculous. see the track that they ran on? I am looking at a picture now. He, he ran in air victories as well, by the way. So the bubble, twenty-seven fifty-eight. The track literally is—I can see it tearing up. It's torn up. It's torn up. 27.58 at 7,500 feet. It's obviously the fastest time ever at that, that um, at, what, Addis Abidba? Yeah. 2,300 metres of altitude. Just think about that. 2,300 metres of altitude, so 7,500 feet. I'm running a 27 minute. Actually, NK. what does because there's an NCAA conversion for altitude for like people who run up at NAU. I wonder what that is on conversion. I'll have a look. It'll be ridiculous. Because I remember Tyler Day had some crazy conversion for a 5k that he ran. Um I can't exactly remember what he ran, but it was ages ago when he ran at altitude and they converted it down. It was just like nuts. Oh but my I, god. What have you found? So I, I'm just looking at these calculations. I'm I, hopefully if you if you just I don't know. Um, I'm going to try and calculate it now. So if you can try and um, say something entertaining for the next minute or so, and I'll uh, I'll try and get this calculated. I mean, put under pressure, but I'm I'm going to take it fully fledged. Um, let's talk about getting back to run it until Alfie uh, cuts in about the time frame feel free to do that whenever uh probably interesting soon that we do some sort of like getting back into running post virus and talking about like potentially to a doctor or a sports doctor about 
people running post COVID and how like to get back into things where they are long COVID or not. Because I think a lot of people haven't had the guidance that they needed in terms of uh, sort of getting back into running after having uh, coronavirus. Yeah. Um, very, yeah, twenty six fifty seven. So it's it's not it's not lightning, lightning, lightning quick. But I'm guessing that's a solo effort. And geez, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I feel like it's definitely helpful, especially in the times that we're currently in, because um, a lot of people are probably are coming back from either illnesses, especially since it's winter as well. So yeah, if you want to start on that, because I guess you've had the most experience on that recently. Yeah, well, I mean, I've not had COVID, but like, I guess. It's what's interesting is I reckon a few pro athletes have had COVID and they haven't said anything to anyone. Like they haven't publicized it. They probably haven't told their like their like marketing managers or their reps because do you think a company would start to be worried about the longer effects of COVID on them? Um, I, I guess so. And that might be one of the reasons why people are getting dropped. Ah. Uh, it's, it's one of them where a lot, I guess a lot of people will have lied about having COVID. A lot, like a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, I guess we know, I, I, I obviously I'm not going to say who, but we know multiple people who have had COVID who haven't said it. Um, I'd be afraid to say it. Like say if I was sponsored by Nike and they say like in Olympic year and you get COVID and you're like, yeah. you're, out, you're out for at least two weeks, no running. You get back, feel awful for probably another two and that's if you've had like a mild COVID. Yeah. Like if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It is, it is a big chunk of training. And yeah, so I, I probably wouldn't say it. I, I, I'd stay under the radar, I think. But a lot of people yeah. do that. Maybe, maybe I would. I guess I'm not in a position where I could decide. Like, it wouldn't affect me if I announced if I had COVID or not. But I guess mm. a lot of other people with these contexts. It would be interesting because I, I know that, like, I would be completely truthful with Hoka. Like, I would, if, if like, they asked or if they were worried or whatever, I, I would tell them. Like, I tell um, Chris, like, who I speak to at Hoka, pretty much tell him everything, like, if, if I've kind of been feeling ill or if he asked or whatever. Because it's... um. I, I wouldn't be worried about Hoka like pulling anything because it's not that sort of company. But I think bigger scale companies who are like more so cutthroat, like I'd be quite worried because if they're right now like reweighing who they like sign, are they going to sign you? Firstly, if it's a gamble, right? So it's like, okay, so this person's had COVID. Is this going to affect them in the Olympic like layup? And is that like are there going to be other people who haven't had COVID? So it's less of a gamble, especially if you were like lower on their priorities. I'd be really scared. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's many runners who are probably at the minute, especially, just on, probably laying low under the profile and not getting dropped. And yeah. if if you get an if you announce you've had COVID, they might be like, oh, like so we didn't actually consider dropping them because they probably have so many athletes that they can't even actually think about everyone. But if they've yeah. had COVID and the, let's have a look at their times a second. And it's like, 
eh, that's probably an easy one to drop. Like yeah. I, c- I can imagine people at Nike are definitely doing that, like 100%. They're ruthless. Yeah. They're cutthroat about it. Um, it's not even... The, the mad thing is, though, they're not, it's not just athletes that they're laying off. Like they're everyone. laying off... Staff. Like, yeah. And, like, and there'll be people relatively high up the tree who are getting dropped. Like, there'll, there'll be people now taking over, like, two disciplines. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, someone... I, I mean, not obviously like head of marketing and like head of whatever, like because that that's just slightly higher up. But I mean, when you're looking into territories and stuff, whether it be like Nike Europe, Nike USA, that there'll be people now taking on two roles and yeah. not getting double the salary. Exactly. <laughs> It'll be like, okay, so we've kicked out someone else, but we're giving you it, and we're only giving you like a ten percent raise, fifteen percent raise. I bet then you still stream on everything. Like Eighty-five. Yeah. yeah, I think I think COVID has definitely opened a lot of, um, like made things a lot more obvious with work productivity, and they'll probably be like, oh, it's nice to have them both, but if yeah. we're looking at what they're doing, do we actually need both? But that mm. that means that the person who's dealing now with two different things has the knowledge of half of probably one thing, and it's like spread it out, so they won't be able to specialize as much, and that's what's going to happen. We're going to see unfair choices we're going to see unfair cuts we're going to see everything like that um and also from a nike again i don't want to just hammer nike because at the end of the day they've, they've still got amazing outfits. but the thing is that's been the most public and it's the most obvious yeah but like that's why because we don't i, I don't i don't have any knowledge of this going on in adidas maybe it is but it hasn't been like known to me but yeah. i've heard about what's been going on in nike and you hear from athletes not being re-signed so it's like shocking oh, yeah and it goes against everything. And I know this is all a bit snowflakey, but it goes against everything the company was started by. Like if, if you, yeah. I, this, this book has changed my life. I haven't read it. Well, I've read, read half of it, but I've listened to the audio book of Phil Knight's Shoe Dog. And Great book. It's Great amazing. Book. Especially the stuff about Prefontaine. Listening to it, I think adds an extra bit of emotion behind it. And I was got goosebumps for about 10 minutes straight listening about this like paragraph about pre. Um, but like the, you, all you hear about in that is the passion about track and field, the passion about running. The, yeah. It's it seems not, it, obviously the passion now is money and it's numbers on a piece of paper. But I guess yeah. that's the world we live in. Yeah, bit of a what philosophical mindset. I don't know. I, I don't know what yeah. mindset it is. But I've been you know reading. I mean? I've been reading that like on my phone I don't know if you can see that because like, it, at the moment it's kind of just easier buying books on your phone or ipad like than it is i mean I've, I, i'm still reading like a few paperbacks and whatnot but like but yeah no it's the the shoe dog book's really interesting that's a that was on our christmas list for people as well actually wasn't it, it? was but big recommend on that front there's a i mean a hell of a hell of a story about how nike came together etc etc but one thing that nike are doing at the moment which i think is absolutely mad so there's, I'm not going to like name names on who these, these heptathletes are, but like some heptathletes who are really, really marketable. And in terms of like GB and Nike, this sort of type of person and type of athlete, athletes have been so hyped up in the media and have been incredibly marketable, not only for like British athletics, but Nike their contracts have not been renewed so they're going into but if so say like adidas came to 
take up these contracts, Nike have the primary kind of like, so Adidas say, right, we want you for like 50 grand. And Nike are like, well, we're going to match that. So then these people have to stay with Nike. What Nike are essentially doing is like going into this Olympic year, it's like a runoff of who's going to get the big contract at the end of the year and who performs well enough at the Olympics for next year to have their contract renewed. Ridiculous. Like basically they're just trying to pay them the minimum, minimum possible. Yeah. Keeping them at Nike. To me. Are you going to be, thing is i know it's like well with these with these few like athletes i know they're going to show up to athlete to to um races wearing nike because their wardrobes are lined with nike because that's what they've been getting for like three or four years that's yeah. the other mad thing like it, how much it, money like, you know yeah what you know what's crazy is people like you know under 17s and like under 20s who get kit drops from nike like, i was one of them all I ever wanted was a kit drop from Nike. Yeah. Because I saw like Josh Lay getting them and even Luke, like when I started running, yeah, Luke, Luke Duffy and Josh were getting like the drops and stuff. And I was like, wow, I really want one of those. I got decent running and then I like started getting them. And then without even realizing it, yeah, they've given you these kit drops with, I mean, it costs them nothing. No. But you go to every race wearing the shoes, every race wearing the clothing, et cetera, et cetera. And you do that for like three or four years. And then you finally realize, oh my God, they're not paying me for this. This is mad. And then the phone stops ringing because they pick like three people they want to contract. And then they just go to the next on the 17th. Like, the business model works, but it's kind of peaked. Well, yeah, they don't. I think they're so big now, they don't need anyone to market for them. Like literally, if you see all the hype around a new shoe from Nike getting posted yeah. around on Instagram, they don't need it. But like, no. I'm not going to name names. But let's just yeah. say there's a marathon runner who has ran the Olympic qualifying standard. Yeah. So that's that's sub two eleven. That's what they've from run. From his country is probably well, he's the most marketable marathon runner from that country, right? Well, yeah, and also he is the world champion. So a, a set distance. I'm not I don't want to name names. I don't want to obviously get him in trouble. Yeah. Um but let's just say if you're the world champion over a certain distance and you had ran a two ten marathon. And you were lucky if you got kit drops every half a year. You weren't getting paid yeah. from Nike. Yeah. And you didn't know if you were going to get shoes. You still have to buy kit when you've oh, ran God. like that. Like, come on. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. It, it is chaos. I mean, that's where I think in like the UK especially we can do better. Because if you look at the US, they have the college systems. The best athletes who go into the college systems get their education either part paid for or completely paid for, depending on where they go. In Spain, you've got the club setups. In France, they actually have good funding for an umbrella of athletes, not just like the top, like not 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 one percent like we do here with futures. Like if you look, a lot of the French athletes are spending all of their time in Font Remote, yeah, like the under twenties. And they're getting the funding to go and do it. And ASICs are putting loads of money into these athletes. And it's like, right now, in the like with Premier League clubs, right? How much would it cost them to pay like a team of six athletes like twelve grand a year? Yeah, literally, they just that's like the money they blow their nose with. Like literally, yeah. They, they probably spend more on COVID tests every month. Yeah. Um, 
like I kind of do want to know like why why the Spanish why that happened you know what I mean because like someone must have started that initiative for like Real Madrid to have a running branch or Barcelona to have a running branch I wonder what actually started that maybe common sense I don't know yeah well it, it works and it also drives fans maybe fans of that team some might transfer over to watching the team at other sports and I know it won't be a very good transition but it's getting a few more eyes to the sport at least um, and that's what we need Another thing I want to speak about, and this is going to get mixed receptions, but basically mm. this is something I think about a lot. Logan Paul did something called the Challenger Games about two years ago. Yeah. He got all influencers to do track track and field. Of all the sports he could have chose, he did track and field. Because it's, it's yeah. the easiest sport to compete against each other. Like It's the best individual sport yeah. to see who's faster. And I think that'd be so cool if you sort of had like a mixture of like they're doing in the boxing world where professional boxers or like amateur boxers versus these YouTubers. If you had like a track and field, like obviously it'd have to be mixed relays because everyone, they'd all get decimated, like literally get battered. Yeah. But like yeah. if you could have some way that we could compete together and bring like thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people watching these events, even if it's yeah. a bit naff for, from our point of view, it doesn't matter because think how many views and how much more reception it'll get. Um, yeah, I went off in a bit of tangent there, but it's just it's just sad. No, like Ryan Trahan was in that as well, wasn't he? Yeah, and he won. Like yeah. everyone, everyone always talks about boxers having the best cardio and all that, and then Ryan Trahan beat Ryan Garcia in the mile. And Ryan, I'm pretty yeah. sure Ryan hadn't trained properly for about a year, and mm. he beat Ryan Garcia. So it's like we are like runners. There's no point getting YouTubers to compete against runners in that kind of way but if if you say for example a dmr for example or four by 800 or something ridiculous yeah. like that or four by four stuff like that four by one yeah. easy I, I think that could actually have quite a good sort of image yeah. and impact well when the boxing hype dies down how cool would it be i mean a mile right like a mile is recognizable to people people would it, it would be kind of cool people to go oh, i've run this for a mile oh, i've run that for a mile like you can kind of do that imagine that like the whole Logan Paul, Jake Paul, like KSI thing, like boxing dies down and they're like, oh, well, what's next? What can I do? It's like, oh, Logan Paul versus KSI over a mile. That'd be interesting because they're both big guys. Yeah, but then the thing is with the way that they, they went from like doing nothing to boxing and now they're like built like brick shit houses, they're, like they're massive and they're actually built for boxing. If they committed to a mile race in like six months, would they be able to cut? and do enough like endurance work to be half decent at a mile they've got the funds and they've got the money to get someone in to like sort them out yeah but i, I guarantee they'd get someone in who like claims to know a lot about running who was actually just like joe lowe's like people who look like look like they know a yeah. lot about fitness they probably yeah. i reckon they could run sub 520 probably in a mile yeah. easy yeah um well, in, in six months maybe sub five i don't yeah, know that's what i'm thinking the fit, the fit. And by the way, I don't want to take away anyone who's not around sub five. I feel like when you get to a certain age and you're a certain strength, if you if you get fit enough, you can run sub five. Yeah. Um, but when you're younger, it's a bit different because I yeah, it's it's quite a lot of strength. Like if you can hold, if you can hold what what is it, seventy fours? That's yeah. five minute mile in ish. So yeah, I'd I'd like to see it, and I'd love. I bet Jake Paul would be someone who'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm so fit at boxing, I could easily have these people like easily have like a professional runner over like 800, or yeah. like 
and it was so fun. Like even a four hundred just battering Jake. Yeah, Paul. just like your smack talkers. That's what you need. You need people who just make like outrageous statements that they can't back, and they come out and like some of them might back themselves and actually work. And then it's even better when you watch the ones that back themselves and it doesn't come off for them, which sounds yeah. harsh, but it's true. Mm. Yeah, I, honestly, I hate Jake Paul so much. It'd be so fun just to be like, let's do a race. And he'd be like, yep, okay, because he's an absolute narcissistic idiot. Hey, maybe we set it up. We should do. We should. If, if everyone who listens to this and, and everyone who follows on Instagram tweets at them and tags them, not that this will ever happen, yeah. But like, if it did, they'd definitely see it, and it'd be that'd be kind yeah. of cool. Um, well, you know what we could do? We just send one message every single day, because you know how like some people eventually, after a while, look at it and like, oh my god, this guy sends me every single day. Yeah. And then, or we get a blue, goes, blue tick. Or we get blue tick, and then we instantly go to the top. That would be nice. That could work. That could actually work if we get a blue tick. DM Mike, I think it is, and. He, he'd do it. Imagine getting like Mike yeah. and then Lloyd Kempson commentating on a, on a track and field race. I, I would say, or I guess you'd have a flow track commentator. There's one good one, I think. I don't know his name, but the rest of them are trash. But there's, there is a decent one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd just be cool. Just cool athletics is what we need. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that, I'm sure with the whole network, that can, uh, something like that can come apart, even if it's just, all the creators getting in one place at one time in the year and doing something, making a big event. Yeah, that's that's what you need. Nice. Um, even if we could maybe do it, maybe this year might be a bit tricky because of COVID still and the Olympics and Euros. Yeah. But maybe 2022 or even yeah. winter, we could maybe get something together, something mad, just have, a, have more fun. I, I quite like an indoor exactly. race. Like like an indoor Ooh, yeah. race, packing out the stands and just having some fun with it. That'd be that'd be decent. Yeah. Um, how long have we been going rolling for? Because I was just gonna say that's probably a good time to end because we have been waffling for a while. Yeah, I, I like waffling because hopefully it keeps people listening and it, it passes time very quickly. So it's one of them where like if you're listening to this on a run, yeah, forty minutes has gone by. You haven't even realised forty minutes has gone by because. Just talking about random stuff. Some little exactly. combo. Exactly. That's, I, I love it. And I, hopefully everyone at home can... I'm going to say something really cheesy here. Could, hopefully everyone listening can feel like they are, can add some stuff to the convo. Does that even make sense? I thought it would be wise to say, and then yeah. when I said it, I realised it didn't. I'm just going to go now, so you can do this outro, because I'm not making any sense, and I'm waffling. So well, if you've actually got this far into the podcast, thank you. Um, I'm going to be back on these now frequently because I've missed them as well. Uh, just kind of had a pretty bad time the past, like, six weeks. It seems like I've had a bad time for, like, six months. I don't want to end it on, like, a depressing thing, but my... You literally have. Been, yeah, my life has been hectic. But you know what? This virus, right, is the end of it. After this, it's clean blocks of training with no interruptions, and it's, like, tracks to go, go, go. And, yeah. And some other things, but we can't speak about them. Exactly. Soon, maybe. PTC. I didn't hear that. Um, we'll end it there. If anyone actually, I'm sure no one actually made it this far. So that's probably never going to get heard, which is funny. Um, yeah. And no one probably understood what you said either because I only just got it. And that's because I know what you're talking about. But <laughs> yeah, soon, soon, good yeah. things are coming. Thank you for listening and have a nice Sunday or Monday or whenever you good listen to this. Good night.
yes good good night <laughs> oh i was about to end the podcast then i'm still recording so people can hear this i was about to click end and leave rory hanging but i actually need to stop recording so goodbye again <laughs>